0: What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis show Tuesday, March 19th. It is March Madness time, baby We've got the first four games coming up here this next Tuesday and Wednesday We're gonna have a little fun this March Madness. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited Everybody's excited on this podcast today. We are going to talk about the NCAA Tournament we're also going to do a little quick little recap of the American Athletic Tournament as well. But first and foremost, before we get into talking a little college hoops action, wanting wanted to have some friends over to watch the game but don't have enough space. Wish you had an open floor plan so you can pair your game day chili in the kitchen. Watch Overtime on the Living Room TV. If you answered yes, it's your time to call John Murray and Anna Haltzman at Century 21. They're licensed realtors with years of experience who can help you find the perfect home. You'll be game day ready in no time. Call John Mern and Anna directly at 731-225-5655 or call their office at 731-668-7700. Century 21 is located at 620 Old Hickory Boulevard in Jackson, Tennessee. Next to Old Hickory Steakhouse, each office is independently owned and operated. Go check those guys out. They're wonderful. They got some beautiful homes there in the Jackson, Tennessee area. Of course, they're on Facebook and Twitter, so go check them out. It's John Murray Realty. We love them to death. They're big fans of the show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can find me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at the Mitch Davis Show, or also shoot us an email at the Mitch Show at AOL.com. I want to thank y'all for always tuning into the podcast. Before we jump into the NCAA Tournament Talk, we are going to talk a little bit about the American Athletic Tournament since we were there all weekend long there in the beautiful city of Memphis, Tennessee. At the FedEx Forum, Cincinnati beat Houston 69-57 in the AAC Championship game. And I tell you what, Jaron Cumberland had himself a game. Dude put up 33 points in the Cincinnati win over Houston. Jaron Cumberland proved why he was the American Athletic Player of the Year and he also earned the MVP um, rights there at the conference championship game. It was a very good game played by Cincinnati They played physical with Houston. And, you know, we talked earlier on the podcast last week about how Houston is one of these teams that could easily run with anybody in the country. They can beat anybody in the country, but they can also lose to anybody in the country as well. And I think they ran into the buzzsaw of Cincinnati, you know, and looking at that championship game a little bit and looking at the matchup, you kind of had that feeling in Cincinnati – would come out and they would basically dominate Houston the way that they did. It was a very, very good outing for the Bearcats. Mick Cronin's team, I think this is one of the best Cincinnati teams, one of the most underrated Cincinnati teams we've seen in recent memory. I, I think that this, you know, led by Jaron Cumlin. I can't talk about this guy enough. Jaron Cumlin is the one of the best players in the AAC, if not the best. When you think of the AAC, you did think of Jeremiah Martin, Alex Lomack, Tyler Harris from Memphis, maybe even throwing a couple of Houston players, but you also really thought about Jaron Cumlin. and this guy came out in the championship game with 33 points. The dude put on a clinic against Houston. He showed why the Bearcats were the, I would say, the perennial kind of, hey, we're still here type teams, and you know, it was very impressive for the American Athletic, by the way, to get four teams in the uh, NCAA tournament. When, when you look at the bracket, we're going to get into the bracket momentarily, but when you look at... That conference tournament from top to bottom, Mick Cronin kind of touched us on, touched on this in the press conference. It really showed how deep that conference really was. You know, you had a team like Wichita State. You had two teams like Wichita State and Memphis make the semifinal run, beat two NCAA tournament teams in Temple and UCF to get to those semifinal uh, games. Uh, you know, and. The Memphis and uh, Houston game went down to the wire with Houston winning 61-58. to 58. And the Cincinnati-Wichita State game, Wichita State played Cincinnati close. They even had a shot at the buzzer. But it, they, you know, I think Cincinnati, I think it was the final play where Cincinnati caught the inbound pass and they deflected it from Wichita State. So it was a close – I mean, both semifinal games were very close, a lot closer than that championship game. So I think, you know, when you look at that as a whole – you look at the conference heading into next season, I think the conference as a whole is so much better, you know, than where it was. And I was talking to Mike Arisco, the uh, AAC commissioner, and Mike, Mike Arisco said, you know, this is, this type of, this type of conference was, is so deep. It is so unbelievably, uh, un- it's so basically unbelievably deep. You know, it's, 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 it's awesome, you know, next year at the conference tournament there at Dickey's Arena there in Fort Worth, Texas. I think, you know, we're going to see <clears throat> five, six teams get into the NCAA tournament from the AAC. And I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how this conference builds themselves up and how they position themselves for the future, because I think the future is very bright for the American Athletic Conference. So looking ahead a little bit to the NCAA tournament, we got to talk about brackets, baby. I know I'm excited about the brackets. I'm really looking at some of these games. I was very happy to see the Belmont Bruins get into the NCAA tournament as an 11 seed. I know it's a play-in game against Temple, but I was so proud of Belmont making the NCAA tournament. We're also going to talk a little bit of storylines. Louisville, Minnesota. Oh, my gosh. What a what a storyline that Louisville and Minnesota game is going to be. That is That is basically... Richard Patino, which is Coach Patino's son, going against Coach Patino's former team that he got into trouble. Like, it's going to be so much fun to watch that matchup and kind of watch the Lowell administration have a freak out moment, you know, when they have to play at Patino. We're also going to talk about the Kentucky Wildcats, the Tennessee Volunteers. Kentucky has an interesting second round matchup, you know, if they get by Abilene Christian, you look at Seton Hall who a team that Seton Hall beat Kentucky earlier in the year, and also you have a basically who I think is like a really, really good team led by Nathan Hoover from Arlington, Tennessee, and the Wofford Terriers. I think that the Wofford team could easily beat Kentucky. You know, and you also look down at uh, Cincinnati and Iowa, Tennessee, Colgate, um, North Carolina's second round matchup with Utah State or Washington, uh, Auburn, New Mexico State. You've got a lot of these great, great type regions and we're going to break it down from region to region we're going to talk about the east region first then we're going to move out west and then we're going to jump ship over to the south regional and then we're going to finish up with the midwest regional i'll give my final four predictions as well including my national champion and reason why i think that team will win the national championship um come next three weeks i think it's going to be one of the best in civil tournaments that we've ever seen i think the talent wise when you look at Top to bottom, the talent of this NCAA tournament is something that we haven't seen in years. You know, when you have a team like the Belmont Bruins, they got in the NCAA tournament. That's two teams from their from the Atlantic Sun, no, from the Ohio Valley, and also, by the way, Lipscomb. They deserve to get in as well. You look at this tournament when you got Yale playing LSU in the three fourteen. That's a possible match. That's a possible matchup nightmare for the Tigers. St. Louis St. Louis, and Virginia Tech, Maryland in the winter, Belmont and Temple. Like, holy cow, a lot of these first-round matchups are going to be absolutely phenomenal and outside the realm of uh, even the thought process out of that realm of possibility that we're going to have some of these storylines that we're looking at. So we're going to break it down region by region. We're going to first start with the East Bracket, who the number one seed overall in that bracket is the Duke Blue Devils. The Duke Blue Devils are the number one seed overall. They open up their NCAA tournament run with either North Carolina Central or North Dakota State. Those two teams will play Wednesday night at 540 on True TV. The 8-9 game in this region is VCU versus a very, very good UCF team. I love this UCF team. They got B.J. Taylor, who gets to the foul line just about – I want to say he gets to the foul line. I think it was some kind of ridiculous number of like 12, 13 times to the foul line. I like UCF over VCU. Mississippi State and Liberty, this is a potential upset pick. That typical five twelve matchup, I really like Liberty in this matchup. Liberty did beat Lipscomb for the conference uh, tournament championship there in the Atlantic side. Like, I like Liberty to beat Mississippi State. Virginia Tech and St. Louis. I love Virginia Tech's physicality. I think Virginia Tech gets by St. Louis in a very close game. Maryland and the winner of Belmont and Temple. I think Belmont beats Temple, and I think Belmont beats Maryland. I think Belmont is a team coached by Rick Bird. By the way, Rick Bird is one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. Like of all time. Rick Bird, when you think college basketball coaches, you think Rick Bird. You think you think of him. I mean, he's got over a th- I think he's got over a thousand wins. I've had the opportunity to sit down and interview him last year at the Belmont. I think it was the Belmont Lipscomb game that I had the opportunity to go cover. And Rick Bird is probably one of the greatest guys in the college basketball injury industry. He's got over, he's got a ton of wins. He's got a lot of championships there at Belmont. Rick Bird knows how to coach in March. I like Belmont to at least make it on to go to the Sweet Sixteen. LSU and Yale. I think LSU's athleticism uh, goes a little too much for Yale, but I do, I do have Belmont beating LSU in the second round. Louisville, Minnesota, this game right here, like when you think of interesting storylines and like stuff the NCAA selection committee likes to do, this right here is one of those. You got Louisville as a seven seed facing off against Minnesota in the first game at Thursday at eleven fifteen on CBS. Why this game is interesting, you might ask, is because of the whole uh, cheating scandal there at Louisville and the sex scandal and all that stuff going on at UofL. That was all headed up by Richard Pitino's dad, which, by the way, Richard Patino is the head coach at Minnesota. His dad, Rick Patino, basically took Lowell to new heights that they haven't seen since the Denny Crum era and then basically skyrocketed them into the ground. I mean, Louisville, Louisville was a perennial power. Louisville was winning championships. Louisville was Going to Final Fours. They were doing this. They They went to back-to-back Final Fours under Rick Patino in 2012 and 2013. And then Rick Patino pays for his players to have strippers coming out of the uh, the dorm room. And he took that program at UofL to new heights. And then he took it to new lows. And then Chris Mack comes in. Of course, Louisville's done pretty well this season, considering that being Chris Mack's first season as he head coach at UofL. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Louisville – uh, administration handles Richard Pitino and how it's kind of. I think it's going to be a very awkward game. I love Louisville to win that game. I think Louisville is just too strong with the guard play. I really like Louisville in that game. Michigan State and Bradley. I think Michigan State wins that game. So we're going to talk a little bit about who I see coming out of <clears throat> this regional. You know, when you look at the East, of course, everybody's going to say Duke, but that second round matchup with potentially with Central Florida. I think it's going to cause some problems for Duke, but I think Duke wins in a close one in the second round. I think you know Duke might not have an answer for Taco Falls. Taco Falls is a seven-six-seven-seven seven, seven guy. I think he's listed at seven-seven. We'll call him seven-seven. Taco Falls, that dude is so big. And you know, I was talking to people at the American Athletic, by the way. So here's the thing: he was very unathletic when he got to Central Florida. He's just a regular student. They said, hey. Why don't you come play basketball for us, blah, blah, blah. So he came and played basketball for UCF, and that dude has turned into a complete monster. So I have Duke advancing on to the Sweet 16. Probably to face, I just something tells me, don't count out Liberty. Um, of course, you got to look at Belmont. I think Belmont comes out of that as well. And then I think the winner between LSU-Yale, I like Yale. I, well, not LSU-Yale, Belmont-LSU, so I like Belmont. And then you go down the bracket, I like Michigan State. So to come out of this regional, I like how Michigan State is playing basketball right now. I think Michigan State beats Duke in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four there in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Where they will face the winners of the West Bracket, where the Gonzaga Bulldogs at 30-3 and are the one seed. They're playing the winner of Fairleigh Dickerson and Prairie View. They, their 8-9 game is Syracuse and Baylor. I like that Syracuse and Baylor game. That's a toss-up game. I'm going to go with the Baylor Bears. Murray State is the 12-seed playing Marquette on Thursday at 3.30 on TBS. I'm going to tell you right now on this podcast, I've been so high on Jayon Morant at Murray State. I like Murray State to go to the very least the Sweet 16. I love this Murray State team. They have been playing great ball throughout the entire season. Jayon Morant, is possibly the greatest basketball player right now in the country, right there with Zion Williams. I know some people will probably shoot me a tweet later. Mitch Davis underscore eight, talking to how, oh, Zion's better than Ja Morant. They're two different styles of players. They're two very different styles of players. Jayon Morant was overlooked by every big-time program in the country, including Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Carolina. And this guy has led Murray State all season. I love Murray State to go to the Sweet 16. Vermont – is playing uh, Florida State. I like Vermont in that game. Buffalo, Arizona State, and St. John's winner. Of course, Buffalo wins that game. Texas Tech and Northern Kentucky. This is going to be a great game, but I think Texas Tech is too athletic for Northern Kentucky. Nevada and Florida. This is an interesting matchup because Florida took Auburn, the eventual SEC champion, by the way. We're going to talk a little bit about the Auburn Tigers when I get over there. The SEC champion. Let that sink in. The Auburn Tigers are SEC tournament champions. Wow, impressive! I have the Florida Gators upsetting the Vod in the 7-10 matchup in that region. Michigan and Montana, of course. Michigan goes on. I think when you look at the elite eight in this, I think it's going to be somebody between like I would say Texas Tech. I would say Texas Tech and uh, Gonzaga. I, I, you know, with. Possibly, I would say Gonzaga winning that game, especially with it being playing in California. I think it's be a lot closer than everybody thinks, but I do have Texas Tech playing Gonzaga to go to the Final Four with Gonzaga going to the Final Four where they will face the Michigan State Spartans. So, talking a little bit about the South Regional where the Virginia Cavaliers are the one seed playing Gardner-Webb. First time Gardner-Webb's been in the tournament for a, quite some time. They will, their 8-9 game will be the Mississippi Rebels, or Land Sharks, whatever you call them, playing up against the Oklahoma Sooners in the 8-9 game. I think Ole Miss beats OU. Wisconsin-Oregon in the 5-12 matchup. Wisconsin wins that game. Kansas State-UC Irvine. That's an upset waiting to happen. UC Irvine. I've watched them a couple times this season. I know Kansas State plays physical. They had a magical run last year to the lead eight. But I like UC Irvine in that game. When you go down a little bit, you start looking at St. Mary's and Villanova. Uh, St. Mary's won the St. Mary's won the WCC against Gonzaga. Blue out Gonzaga. I like St. Mary's in that game. I know it's not the St. Mary's of old. Purdue and Old Dominion. Old Dominion won the Conference USA. By the way, Old Dominion dominated the Conference USA regular season and tournament. I've got Old Dominion upsetting Purdue. Cincinnati and Iowa. This second round matchup, by the way, potentially between Cincinnati and Tennessee and Columbus, Ohio. If I'm Rick Barnes and I'm Tennessee as the two seed, I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with the fact that Yeah, they had to play in the SEC Championship game against Auburn. And now they've got to travel to Columbus, Ohio, where they could possibly play the Cincinnati Bearcats, who were only an hour and a half drive from Columbus. That creates an unfair-type atmosphere. If that does happen, I would have the Cincinnati Bearcats over the Tennessee Volunteers in a massive, massive, colossal upset in college basketball. So to come out of that region, I really like... um, this is a toss-up region. When you look at this, I think this is going to be somebody come out of, out of the chalk. If I had to just say somebody right off the top of my head, I would say maybe Cincinnati. Maybe. I think this regional is wide open. I think, you know, when you look at especially this Cincinnati and Tennessee type game that's a potential second round game, I I really like the physicality of, of Cincinnati. Uh Jared Cumberland. Uh, Tennessee really struggles when a guard completely takes over the way that uh, a couple of the Auburn, Auburn guards did at the SEC Tournament Championship game. That, so that's the thing. When I look at this bracket, I, I really like – it's so hard to pick a team to come out of there. Of course, Virginia's not a good March team. They lost to UMCBC. By the way, if Virginia loses the first round to a 16 seed this year, what an embarrassment that will be for Tony Bennett. I don't see it happening, but I think that that's going to be – Something that's going to be something to watch for, you know, especially with them playing in Columbia, South Carolina. Gardner Webb's going to be their 16th seat. It's going to be really interesting. I, you know, like I said, I think that this bracket is wide open. Um, you could even have a team like Villanova or like Purdue or Old Dominion. Somebody like that is going to make a run at this. And so, if I just had to pick somebody right now, I would say the Cincinnati Bearcats. Even though I think it's going to be Virginia, Tennessee, somebody like that. I think somebody out of this weird. Probably the south bracket is probably the most wide-open bracket there is. I would have to say right now, from what I saw on Sunday from the Cincinnati Bearcats, I'd put the Bearcats there in the final four out of the south regional. Talk a little bit about the Midwest. Let's go. We're going to talk uh, North Carolina is the one seed out of the Midwest bracket. The regional final would be there in Kansas City, Missouri. I've got North Carolina going all the way to the Elite Eight out of this bracket. The Auburn Tigers are the 5 seed. They would have to play uh, North Carolina, looks like, in the Sweet 16. So that could be a really good matchup there for the Auburn Tigers. Auburn opens up with New Mexico State. Auburn's the 5 seed after winning the SEC. Kansas is the 4 seed there playing Northeastern out of Boston, Massachusetts. I like that upset pick. It's going to be played in Salt Lake City. I like that upset pick. I'm I'm not going to pick it just yet. But I could later in the week. I do like Northeastern right off the bat to beat Kansas. Iowa State and Ohio State. Iowa State's way too physical. Now this bottom half of the bracket, when you get down to Wofford playing Seton Hall, that is an incredible game waiting to happen. I don't think either one of those two teams are vastly under-seeded. Now you got Kentucky as a 2 seed playing Abilene Christian. I like that Kentucky and Seton Hall matchup in the second round there in Jacksonville, Florida, with Kentucky getting revenge. Moving on to the Sweet 16, where they will likely play a very good Iowa State team um, and then go on to face the North Carolina Tar Heels in the Elite Eight there in Kansas City, Missouri, where I think the Wildcats come out of that regional. I think Kentucky is starting to look really good. I know they look – you have to to remember in the SEC tournament semifinals against Tennessee – Reed Travis went out early with foul trouble. P.J. Washington went out early with foul trouble. If Kentucky can stay out of foul trouble, Kentucky's one of the best teams in the country. So I do have Kentucky playing Cincinnati in the Final Four, Michigan State playing, I think it was uh, Gonzaga in the Final Four, Michigan State, Kentucky for the championship game. I'm going to go Michigan State over Kentucky. I, I, I like that. I could change my picks later in the week. Who knows? But, at just the first glimpse of the brackets, I like Michigan State to win this thing. I, and, you know, as everybody knows, this tournament is so always so wide open. It's always so fun to watch. And, you know, just looking at it, I like Michigan State. I like what Tom is doing. But I do have the Kentucky Wildcats as well going to the Final Four. Which, by the way, that brings me to the end of the show. We're going to be doing podcasts all week long, especially starting on Thursday. We're we'll do one on Thursday, one on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and then repeat all next week. We're going to talk about all the action that I can see on the TV. I'm going to be in the office, in the studio, all week long, watching college basketball. So you're going to want to follow me at MitchDavis underscore 8. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show. Or also shoot us an email. Oh, by the way, make sure you go subscribe and do all that stuff. Everywhere podcasts are found. Apple, SoundCloud, blah, blah, blah. Go like, subscribe, and leave a comment and review about the podcast. We would I'd greatly appreciate it. So this has been Mitch the Mitch Davis show. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight.